0: Ladies and gentlemen, I am recording on the 12th of January for the episode to be dropped on the 13th of January. And if Boris Johnson isn't out of his prime ministerial seat by the end of January, I will do nothing because I am not an anarchist. But I'll be very pissed off. In other words, to can- be chuck tea? Bring the noise. <laughs> 5th Podcast Network, I am Charlie Taylor and this is What's Good. Welcome back ladies and gentlemen, hope you've all had a good week in the circumstances. He's got a go man, he has, like, you can't, you can't be doing all this bro, like Sky News did a bit, I saw on Twitter today, that basically showed extensive evidence of several government parties. Do you know they hosted seven, seven, <laughs> seven parties <laughs> in Downing Street in the garden? And all you can say is sorry. Nah, bro. That's wraps, bro. That's wraps. That is, that is a solid chicken wrap, lettuce, mayo, couple other toppings, whatever you feel, right? That is pure chicken mayo wrap, man. That is a chicken mayo W R A P, it's wraps. It's over. You can't. You can't, you, you, bro. The lo- the longer he goes, just you just you're delaying the inevitable. At this point, you really are delaying the inevitable. I I mean, he was delaying the inevitable before he admitted it, right? But Jesus, it, it can't go on anymore. It can't. It simply cannot. But other than that, um, yeah, I've had it actually half decent day. Like, um, I've made a day that was built up to be crap. Uh, to be actually half decent so I can't complain uh, I watched I went to the seafront and I watched the sunset, like physically watched the entire circle of the sun set below the horizon and it was actually very fulfilling, took a lot of photos uh, had my camera with me um, but I've been doing this thing while I like on Twitter, I drop a, I drop a, a photo using my camera uh, every day and I've done pretty well, I've done pretty well so far, you know what I mean 12 days in um, it's pretty good um, I gave myself 10 I gave myself a week I think So considering uh, I've passed that threshold Nearly double now It's all good, it's all blessed uh, But yeah, apart from that, solid Can't complain, hope you're all doing well And with that said, let's jump right in uh, for Matthews, Before we begin, Emoto's IG Discord and all that, all that all that In the full show notes, please go give the articles a read For yourself and support the writers That make this show possible And with that said, let the beat drop Let's get to the show. In a week where Novak Djokovic and Australia compete in the How Can I Root For Both To Lose competition, uh, the Colston Four are acquitted from criminal damage charges. We will get into that in a second. Uh, citizens of Kazakhstan protest to a violent state, uh, violent state response. Uh, actor Sidney Poitier dies age 94. And Calvin Simon, co-founder of uh, Parliament Funkadelic, dies age 79. That it so, so we've talked about the Colston Four. Um, let's uh, get into the Colston Four. Um, so if you are unaware of uh, the Colston Four... Uh, basically, it was four people that were involved. Um, obviously, not mastermind or anything, but they were involved um, in the binning of uh, the Edward Colson statue in Bristol last year, doing, during the uh, BLM protests, um, and they were acquitted by a jury um, just last week. So, um, big ups to them. And I saw this uh, article just, um, you know, kind of dips on the uh, in the in the macro here. You know, it talks about the Colston Four, of course, but, you know, it zooms out a little bit. Um, this is by Miss Nadine White, Nadine Whites of The Independent. Uh, one of my favourites going right now. And uh, it's called, I cheered when I heard that the Colston Four had been acquitted. How could I not? How could she not? Well, we're about to find out. Oh, me. So let's jump right in. I cheered when I heard that the anti-racism campaign is arrested after the toppling of the statue of slave trader Edward Colston in Bristol, the Colston Four, had been cleared of criminal damage. How could I not? My ancestors were the Ebo, I'm assuming I said Ebo, right, or Igbo, uh, people of Nigeria. Uh, many of whom ran away from their captors after they were stolen from the continent and brought to Jamaica. When I reflect on their journeys and the brutality they endured, it fuels my resounding desire to see uh, racial justice achieved. Edward Colston was both racist and murderous. The fact that he was long gifted with immortalization through this statue is a stain on our society. Campaigners had been lobbying for the removal of this statue as far back as the 1920s. Over the years, various petitions were launched. There was even a relatively short-lived consultation uh, consolation regarding the erection of a plaque explaining the slaver's true legacy and of subjugation and bloodshed. The plaque, perhaps needless to say, never came to fruition. Too comfortable of an undertaking, I expect. As such, Colson's presence, elevated to lofty heights on its cosy plinth, while his victims were cast into the shadows, felt akin to a hate crime. I simply don't see how there aren't grounds for Bristol City Council to be investigated for its failure to safeguard the residents of its city. Bristol Crown Court did arrive at the correct conclusion in the Colston case, but it's a shame that that prosecution was brought in the first place at the expense of the taxpayer. Our money could have gone towards slavery reparations as far as I'm concerned. Despite the fact that many people from within marginalized communities do not trust the criminal justice system, the out- outcome of the Colston Four trial has been widely lauded as a victory. Sure, people have speculated whether the same outcome would have transpired were the defendants black. Given how much we've over- overrepresented in prisons, how how much we're represented in pris- uh, prisons uh, is a valid point to consider. However, even if this is white privilege in action. Uh, reflecting the reality that white people are not criminalised at the rate which black people are, on this occasion uh, such a benefit has arguably been used to right a wrong and so should be grounds for celebration all around. I noted that during the trial the defence largely relied upon four points, that the intention was not to damage the statue but merely to remove it. <laughs> the, the statue is owned by the citizens of Bristol, so there's a claim to it and its by and it's fate uh, by those uh, who live in the city excuse me uh, that the damage inflicted upon the memorial was quote proportionate in relation to the prevention of crime unquote such as indecency uh, in that the statue is an indecent display of a colonialist which causes offence to many of the population of bristol and that removing the statue was uh, a tantamount I think as I say. Uh, to the prevention of cr- of the crime of misconduct of public offence, where calls to remove the statue were ignored by the council, according to co-defendant Ryan Graham, I assume it's Ryan, not Ryan, spelled R H I N. So I'm saying Ryan, uh, an art valuer uh, found that the Colson statue was actually has actually increased in worth post toppling. Before it was pulled down, the monument was valued at six thousand, while it would now go up. <laughs> <laughs> while it would now co up for 300k. I'm deeply uncomfortable with this sense of profiteering to me. Uh, to me, this uh, would suggest that the city of Bristol stands to benefit from the statue in a way that's not dissimilar uh, to how enslaved black people were torn from their families and brought a sold, uh, bought and sold at auction. Who really loses out in this situation? It's not the city, which gained 70,000k from Colson's estate, or the plethora of commentators who are foaming at the mouth, disappointed that the Colson Four were convicted? No. It's the legions of black people who are still forced to grapple with the le- legacy of colonialism on a daily basis, who are living in a society entrenched with racism, alongside many more commemorations to the British Empire. It's these same people, having been hurt by the statue's existence, who are being gaslighted by commentators who ask glib questions such as, Oh, where will it end? I'll tell you how, the story, how this story ends. The Colston statue is in storage, having rested on display in the M-Shed Museum, reclining, if you please, it's lying down, uh, while uh, black people still don't have the luxury of relaxing. We are too busy in a continuous fight for our lives and liberty. Speaking on Good Morning Britain, this morning, uh, the right-wing commentator Calvin Robinson dismissed the brutal legacy of Colston, like so many across this country do. Uh, Quote, Edward Colston had a very wicked past. He made his money in evil ways but he did also put his money to good use in setting up old houses, charities and schools, so there's a balance to be addressed, unquote. If Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell opened shelters for sexual abuse victims, would that absolve them of their crimes? If Hitler financed counselling for Holocaust survivors, would that justify a bronze memorial of the dictator being pushed down their throats each day? And if it's his- history that Colston's defenders want to talk about, and let's talk about history. Having been born into a wealthy merchant's family, Colston rose to become a chief executive in the Royal African Company, which held a monopoly over the slave trade for a large part of the 17th century. He was directly involved in the trafficking and enslavement of tens of thousands of African people, including children, between eight, 1680 and 1692. Uh, many black people res- resided in the city of Bristol. Young people were snatched from villages in Africa for enslavement, while those deemed of little worth, such as babies and the elderly, would be butchered in front of them as part of the seasoning process of psychologically and spiritually destroying captives. Many would be branded with a hot iron before being packed in and chained to the decks of the ships bound for the Caribbean. At one point, Bristol was uh, Britain's largest slaving city, accounting for 20% of the trade, and it was involved in the transportation of more than half a million people more than its current population owners had the right to torture and kill slaves who tried to rebel and the bodies of those killed were often nailed to posts around plantations as a warning to others Slave owning in british colonies was not abolished until 1834 the british government has uh, raised a huge sum two million pounds through bonds to compensate slave owners for their loss the inconvenience of not owning black people to make them rich It's held the record for the largest ever government bailout of an industry until the bailout of the banks during the financial crisis of 08 and 09. Through the payment of taxes, many of us, including descendants of those enslaved, unwittingly financially contributed to the payment of that debt which was paid off in 2015. Let that sink in. The very least that black people are owed is the right to not be confronted by slave uh, statues and colonial relics, which serve as reminders of what our families endured and continue to as a result of broken families, interrupted histories, and intergenerational socioeconomic deprivation. Black people today still live with the legacy of the actions of people like Colston, yet despite being instrumental in atrocities against so many black families, Colston was able to successfully rebrand during his lifetime, donate huge amounts of money to charitable causes in Bristol. Following his death, a cult of Colston sprouted in the city, which saw statues erected, and societies, schools, and streets named after him, some of which were renamed after the death of George Floyd and the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement. Rema- uh, renaming or no renaming, some of us will never forget the truth. Least of all, people who, like me, are the sentence of insla- enslaved African people. I can't forget the grim statistics, such as the facts that at least 19,000 black people died on ships bound for the Caribbean and the Americas, Many of their bodies were tossed overboard while some opted to jump on their own accord, resolving to embrace a watery grave over a life of enslavement. That's the reality, and, it's, is, and it and isn't beyond the realms of possibility that the death toll far exceed the aforementioned statistic. Let's all, also not forget that slavery, despite its atrocities, were considered legal at the time of its operation, and it would still existing today were it not for actions then deemed illegal and rebellious. So, I've got to tell you... Witnessing the Colston statue being tossed into the water like countless enslaved African people were disposed of as though they were uh, chattel, 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 I forget, Um, having been stolen from their homes satisfied me no end. How could I not celebrate the acquittal of the Colston four? In pre COVID times, parties would have been thrown and I'd have been in the middle of the dance floor, jubilant as some small part of a deeply tragic history was being set right. Firm in the knowledge that the anti-racism struggle, above and beyond the toppling of the statue, will continue tomorrow. <sighs> that was a very, um, that was a very good start to the show. I feel uh, f- uh, feels um very cathartic in how she in how she wrote that, and uh, you know, I feel, I feel, you know, like a little, not not the whole book, obviously, but like a little book has just closed on that. You know, what I mean, it just feels. That ended very nicely. So shout to Miss nadim Wile on that front for the uh, solid write-up. Uh, and uh, yeah, man, I can't agree more. I feel like um, there's... I mean, I feel like there shouldn't be statues at all um, anymore. Um, there was a good argument uh, made by uh, Gary Young, uh, who's uh, also a writer and I think a professor somewhere. Um, and he... Yeah, he made, he makes a really good argument for just, like, binning statues over uh, 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 in, in any... Overall, and um, it's a very fascinating argument. Um, so you know, go go have a look if you can find it. Um, I think he did a Today in Focus based on it. Um, I think last year, so maybe look for that if you want to go for that. Uh, but if you talk about Gary Young with an E at the end of it and uh, statues, I'm sure you'll find something. Uh, but yeah, man, shout shout to Dean White on that front. I feel like uh, it's, she she spoke for a lot of people um, with that and uh you know i really made a, just a nice broad commentary on the whole thing and uh yeah, it's simply perfect for me hop into music and uh this is all about um, the exit and the music industry and just where the uk music industry stands at this point um so this is a great piece by uh, mr andrew trendle uh, via enemy enemy um and yeah it's called uh, uh, the exit one year on still not calling it that uh, music industry remains frustrated at clueless government um let's jump right in one year on from the music industry essentially being dealt a no-deal exit, uh, industry leaders and insiders have spoken to enemy about the problems that remain and the ever-increasing frustration of the UK government. <laughs> Just another industry frustrated the UK government, eh? Uh, what is life, eh? Uh, where was that? Yeah, uh, it was uh, just over a year ago that the government jeopardised the future of touring for UK artists when the exit deal, nearly said it, secured with the EU failed to negotiate free visa free travel and Europe wide work permits for musicians and crew. Problems still remain when it uh, comes to new rules and red tape, creating huge costs to future live music tours of the continent, which could create a glass ceiling that prevents rising and developing talent from being able to afford to do so. Despite Prime Minister Boris Johnson's fix, uh, promise to fix the issues uh, that could stop buyers from being able to tour Europe due to increased costs, only Spain has signed up to allow UK musicians to tour the country without visas. Uh, new exit rules have also seen a massive amount of jobs and taxable income lost uh, to the EU due to it making uh, touring nigh on impossible for road, and cr- for road crew. Uh, cabotage, I think that's the word, uh, rules currently mean that trucks travelling from the UK are only allowed to make one stop in an EU state before having just seven days to make a maximum of two more before returning home. David Martin, the CEO of the Musician's Body, uh, the, fee- the Features Artist Coalition, Featured Artists Coalition, Speaking and enemy, he said that while there was a great deal more clarity on the situation now in comparison to 12 months ago, those efforts had come from the industry and were quote not being driven by the government at all. with quote the clarity that we are uncovering just uncovers more complexities. It's not making things simpler, he said. There's uh, been nowhere near enough engagement from the government. There's a very long way to go to get all this information. We've had to ha- we've had to get it from multiple sources, but none of them were the government. Unquote. Speaking of the few apparent breakthroughs that have emerged, Martin said, quote, we have had some, we had some results in terms of touring Spain, but that was driven by the industry. Same for touring with split vans. The government keep claiming victories for things they've done no work on, unquote. Well, they love taking credit for shit they ain't done. Uh, Tory aside, UK independent, art, independent artists and labels are also experiencing a devastatingly outrageous impact and spiralling costs of sending music and merchandise to Europe in the wake of the exit, leading to more... Huge losses of income. Uh, "Quote: There's an argument about what's really causing the issues with tours being called off, but you can't argue that the cost of postage, custom duties, and extra paperwork is a result of COVID. Uh, that is easy. That is easy to identify as an outcome of the exit, and one that could have been avoided if the government had stopped to think about it. Even if the com- even the complexity of the paperwork uh, that you have to do for places like Spain." and you have to do that for do that across 27 different countries, and our government are not providing any financial structural support in terms of resource or guidance, unquote. Mine added that while many obstacles remain, UK's 11, £111 billion pound cultural industries will be much more secure if the government were to provide resources, support, and financial backing to help weather the upcoming storm of exit as, uh, as travel and trade on continent returns. And the COVID restrictions lift. Quote, uh, It's just so difficult to navigate these systems, he said. Even rules around shipping and transporting merchandise are very, very complex. Once you get to the upper echelons, cabotage is very, um, I hope I'm saying that right, by the way. I should probably look it up. Uh, <laughs> it's very expensive. It's going to add gr- uh, a great deal of expense for those artists that do need larger touring parties and larger touring setups. As soon as something becomes difficult to navigate, it becomes expensive. That's manpower hours or hiring an agent to do it. The main thing still at this point is that there's still no clarity or guidance. There's really poor support from the government and there's no impetus to get it fixed. There was forty three million pounds in the budget for trade. God knows if any of that will get anywhere near us, this problem isn't going away, unquote. Annabella Coldrick is the chief executive of the Music Managers Forum. And said that more and more problems with the exit landscape will continue to emerge. I'm nearly saying I'm getting so close sometimes. I'll just like catch myself. It's great. I love it. Uh, l- quote, last January, we spent most of the month realizing that all of our worst fears had come true. And we had a no deal exit for music. Uh, then we spent six months trying to work through the details with the g- with government. And as we did, it just got worse and worse. Now we're in a situation where things are still popping up left, right and centre. We make a bit of progress one step forward and two steps back and then more issues arise, unquote. While grateful for the process and o- overcoming issues, the costs uh, involved in touring Spain and the legality of splitter vans being used across the continent, Coldrick said the managers still feel like they're, quote, trying to climb a mountain, unquote, to secure EU touring, Continue with the quote. We try to get clarity on things then the clarity is bad news, she said. It's really tough, but because every time this happens, all the managers ask us what the hell is going on. We don't know half the time, and our government certainly doesn't. Um, well, well, nobody knows then. That's great it is. That's wonderful. Uh, they've never taken up any responsibility to actually invest properly. They keep leaving it to us. The government guidance has been awful. Unquote. Coldrick said that she had very little confidence that these issues would be fixed in the immediate future and predicted that this upcoming first year of open touring since the pandemic... Uh, would prove quite the test. Quote, I think that we'll end up with, uh, what we end up with is lots of individual stories of people encountering barriers, increased costs and difficulties with different enforcements, excuse me, in different countries. Uh, there are customs officials and transport police who don't know what uh, different rules apply to UK. We're basically going to have a year of dealing with major issues that people are going to encounter on the road, trying to clarify them and then try, uh, Tra- sorry, trying to clarify them, then trying, there's no comma in there, so it tripped me up, then trying to get uh, the government to solve them, I have no confidence that they will. <laughs> I certainly don't have any confidence for the that ca- uh, uh, the cabotage issue. I'm a, I'm just look up cabotage right quick and just see if I'm saying it right, because I'm, a, I'm a, I just want to know if I'm saying it right. Cabotage, I'm saying, right, good, go for me. Uh, Uh, Where is it? Yeah, cabotage issue uh, for bigger tours will be fixed. That will be a disaster. Haulage companies have been trying to relocate to the EU as a result. There's going to be an enormous shortage shortage of trucks next year. Oh, God, now HGVs, gosh. What happened to that issue, by the way? That was a big issue, like, a few months ago. Constantly seeing it on the news. And then, like, uh, I don't know, is it sorted? Is it the HGV stuff sorted in the UK? Not sure, but um, the new cycle is just like completely just swerved past it. It's like okay, bye. Anyway, uh, continue on with the cro. Uh, places like Croatia and Bulgaria and a few tiny countries where there's some form of paperwork to be carried out. I have some confident uh, confidence that those uh things will get ironed out on a bilateral basis. But the really big issue around transport will not go away. All of the other costs are just going to sit there too. The cost of carnets uh, that we don't uh, that we didn't used to have. All of the all of the increased transport costs uh unquote. adding that these matters weren't resolved by a long way coldrick said that the uk uh uk acts and their crews will be in for a really rocky road in the summer quote we will have to find uh, we'll have to field these problems and either make the case that these artists need to be commissaries which is which this government is not in the mood for doing or government is actually going to step up and address them with the member state governments she said Uh, We will keep pushing. There are some amazing artists who have been raising uh, their problems with the government and we hope they'll continue to do so. That's the only real way we can make a difference. Um, so there's another set of quotes uh, from a few few other people um, from different sectors of uh, the music industry, um, but I feel like, you know, we have uh, pretty much the entire point, uh, so I'd go peep the rest of the article if you feel the need to. Um, so yeah, just to say, a cabotage is uh, the right to operate sea, air, or other transport services within a particular territory, um, if you were like me and were not aware of what cabotage was. Um, but yeah, man. I really wonder um, how deep this rabbit hole goes. Um, not in term- not just for not just for the music industry, but for like, but for other industries. I'm wondering how many are suffering to this because, you know, the music industry. I feel as it pertains to the arts, I feel it's probably the most. Um, uh, it's probably the most listened to. Um, I feel like you know, maybe the film industry is a bit. May- maybe the film industry. I guess um, TV industry doesn't because. Uh, obviously most of that is relatively terrestrial um and if you're you know getting it doesn't you know none of this shit matters uh when you're sky and you're trying to get you know yeah peacock shows on onto the sky cue box right they do that show over the phone that has nothing to do with anything um but obviously music is very on hand it's very in person and uh proactive so you have not just the artists but you have the artist people and that's like you know a certain amount of people right they have their entourage and then there's the entire crew side of it right so you know film 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 i guess in 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 a minor comparison is probably less red tapey because you know unless you're filming somewhere else uh you can you can get crew there you can get you can bring crew over, I guess, right? But that will obviously probably make more. will probably cost more money. And then, uh, and then, obviously, you know, location is pretty much paramount on that front from way, from what you're doing. Uh, but if you're doing it in, if you, again, if you're doing that in UK, like you know, most TV shows here are, then what's the problem, there's probably no issue there. So when it comes to being an artist, you ain't making money from streaming. You're barely making money from uh, maybe like physicals and merch, right? Physical copies, hard copies of your of your shit. Uh, so you know you, you, the money the money making is via touring. You could do as many UK tours as you like, right? But you know you wanna you wanna branch out there. You have fans somewhere else. You may have fans in somewhere like Germany or Spain or Italy or whatever, right? Or France. People have fans everywhere, right? People have international fans. This is this is this is modern music these days. You can get I I can I listen I can listen to someone from fucking. I don't know South Africa I listened to a 17 year old from a rapper from South Africa this past week and never did never was never gonna do that in 2005 you know what I mean never gonna do that in 2002 20 years ago so uh you know you you have the artists have the have the have more impetus um monetarily and just in terms of fan service you know going to other places and um, you know and doing smaller shows and you know, I'm not saying, like, you have to be the weekend, you have to do, like, a whole world tour or anything, right, you don't have to be like that, It you know, could just be, you know, going to a certain country, or hitting up a certain city, right, you hit up Berlin, maybe hit up what, a couple of spots, right, for a couple of nights, right, boom, they go to, you know, go to somewhere like a uh, Paris or something like that, you know what I mean, do a couple of shows in Paris, right, stuff like that, it's not hard, it's not hard to think about, right, but then comes all the logistics now, uh, what do you do with that? What What do you do with all those logistics and all those people that are needed? What if you're hitting up a festival? Shit, man! What if you're hitting up a a, a European festival? Fuck! Like I, I don't know, bro. Don't know. No no idea, bro. Like, I, just, I just, man, I I could just only imagine how much of a toss it is for an artist just to um just to get something sorted on this front. Um, it sounds like there's a lot of just a uh, wild west going on, but. Well, that's probably a poor comparison because in wild, what in the wild west, you could do whatever the fuck you like. In this case, it's like the I don't know wild east. Right? It's, it's gonna be op- it's gonna be opposite. You ain't doing shit. Uh, maybe it's more akin to something like I um, I don't know. No, I, I don't. I don't want to say, but yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's just uh it's just constricting for no reason. And uh, you know, uh, I can I can imagine how annoying, not even like hard, but just like how tedious it is to be like yes, I want to go on a tour, European tour, hit up a few countries, right? Gosh, man, how easy that could, that probably was back in the day now. I'm just thinking about it, and now you've got all this no-deal crap, and they've done practically nothing on it. Like when's, when's the last time, apart from now, me listening to me, that you've heard um, uh, the, the the music industry uh, being annoyed about the hard, hard exit? You know, y- when was the last time you heard about the exit? Honestly, when was the last time you heard about it? If you're if you're a UK listener, uh, I haven't heard about it in ages. Until you know, reading this, uh, it's gone. So, it, it's such a monumental event just, just swiped onto the rug because we got we're getting caught up in so much bullshit in the past couple of years. Uh, it's, it's, and, and especially right now as I speak, like, it's just I don't know. It's, it's it's so it's so fascinating how quickly uh, the politics wheel moves. Um, and the you know and society wheel moves but actually doesn't move. You know there's a there's a term I learned uh, this uh, is is before the new year. It's called vection, Uh where you have the sensation of moving but you're not actually moving. I can't. F- isn't that just a perfect descriptor of UK politics and UK society where it's just like constant spinning and you feel like you're moving but you're not actually moving. I like, it takes society ten years to. Uh, to get a grip on something, and it takes thirty years for politics to get a grip on the thing that took society ten. You know what I mean? It's just it's just silly. So, um, anyway, uh, big up to the artists, man. Big up to the managers and all the music people, cause uh, yeah, man, you're you you're not gonna need it. You're not gonna have to like come together on something and just like just just bomb the not bomb. Sorry. Poor word, poor word choice. Um, <laughs> bum rush the government and just say like, "Yo, we're here. We got pro. We got problems, and we need sorting right now." To do, do, do just keep just keep moaning like the uh, like the energy companies are doing right now. Just just do that. Just just keep screaming at them because they need to hear that shit. And don't talk to me like art isn't important, guys. You know art is important. Every time you go home, what do you do? It's the first thing you do. You consume some art. Guarantee it. Ninety percent of you. Probably consume some art. The other 10% go right to sleep. Okay, so don't give me that bullshit. Art is important, and and music is definitely important to a lot of people in life. So, um, obviously, live shows is a bit different um, in terms of eventing. You know, that's more of an optional thing. But that said, experiences, experiences, and what is life without experiences? I'm in a film of TV and uh, this is something that I've been wanting to talk about for a while but I've just never actually gotten to it. I've always been so, um, not unimpressed by method acting but just like kind of asking, do you need to go that hard? You know what I mean? Like, do, you, do you really need to go that hard? Where you're, you know, acting like the character for weeks on end, like, do you really need to do that? Um, As it turns out, uh, Hollywood have been getting method uh, method acting all wrong. Uh, This is according to Mr. Eric Hetzler, um, who is a senior lecturer uh, at the Department of Media and Performance for the University of Huddersfield. So yeah, this is via the conversation. Um, It's called Hollywood Has Got Method Acting All Wrong. Here's what the process is really about. So let's jump right in. So-called method acting seems to be having a moment. Benedict Cumberbatch and Kirsten Dunst uh, apparently didn't speak to each other on the set of their new film, Power of the Dog, uh, to help them stay in character. While Lady Gaga is said to have spoken entirely with an Italian accent for nine months while working on a new film, House of Gucci, even uh, using it even when calling her mother. Jared Leto is always a fa- also a fan. While playing the Joker in Suicide Squad, Leto is said to have sent animal carcasses to his castmates. Matthew McGonaghy, meanwhile, lost so much weight, he started to go blind for his role in Dallas Buyers Club. And Daniel Day-Lewis d- uh, demanded that production staff pushed him around in a wheelchair and spoon-fed him for his performance in My Left Foot, where he played Christy Brown, a painter born with cerebral palsy. Terrible palsy. Uh, but not everyone is keen. Actor Martin Freeman recently called out Jim Carrey for his over-the-top antics during the filming of the 1999 film Man on the Moon, which included, quote, stuffing his pockets with smelly cheese and hanging out with hell's angels, Freeman said. It was the most self aggrandizing selfish, narcissistic fucking bollocks I have ever seen, dot dot dot. You need to keep grounded in reality, and that's not to say you don't lose yourself in the time in between action and cut, but I think the rest of it is absolute pretentious nonsense, quote, unquote. <laughs> Shout out to Martin Freeman, fucking hell, it's an elite quote. So, what is method acting? While many actors uh, may aim to fully become their character uh, with the use of method acting, it seems there is a serious misunderstanding of the term and what its founder actually had in mind. Okay, let's get into it. The originator of uh, the method... Uh, "Quote unquote," was U.S. acting coach Lee Strasberg, who crafted an acting technique in the 1930s that he claimed was uh, based on the work of Konstantin uh, Stanislavsky, a Russian theater practitioner. In his book *A Dream of Passion*, *A Dream of Passion*, uh, Strasberg uh, stated his belief that "quote the fundamental work of the actor, the training of his internal skills." is preceded by the development of the actor's relaxation and concentration, unquote. The goal of the exercises is to, quote, free the expression of the actor because neuromuscular tension makes it difficult for thoughts, sensations, and emotions to be transmitted and properly experienced, unquote. Nice little, nice little, uh, nice little, uh, just excerpt right there. An exercise in a standard method, uh, method uh, based training session has the actor sit in a chair, and put themselves into a highly relaxed state. They will then explore a memory from their past where they experienced very strong emotions. As the exercise proceeds, uh, the actor describes what they were wearing, uh, what the temperature of the place was like, and how it affected them until they feel the original emotion. Strasbourg believed that he, this exercise created a path for actors to recreate the same emotion over and over on demand, with complete control, since it, since because it is a, quote, remembered emotion, unquote. It, it will not be felt like a real emotion. It is not about what happened to the actor, but rather, quote, what he sees, hears, touches, tastes, smells, and what he is experiencing, unquote. Essentially, the method actor will be, quote, using his own reality to pro- properly relate to that of the character in the scene, unquote. In short, the actor should behave in a real manner, really performing an action or feeling an emotion rather than pretending to do so. At no point does Strasbourg expect a method actor to carry this work outside of the theatre or soundstage. Instead, they should be free uh, feeling real emotions and behaviours in the performance. Where confusion uh, seems to set in is with the notion that the method actor should live the life of the character full time. This paraphrasing derives from Stanislavski but is incomplete. What he said in his seminal acting text an actor prepares is, quote, in our art, you must live the part every moment you are playing it and every time, unquote, which is to say, live the life of the character on stage. Neither he nor Strasberg ever said go further than that. Uh, but oddly, is what it's what pe- many people consider the method to be immersing the self so deeply that the actor is no longer themselves but this other person. It might be pedantic to say so, but this is not method acting. It is very much something else. It is also worth perhaps being sceptical of, of many of the tales Excuse me, of actors immersing themselves so deeply. It makes a great story, but ask yourself if the actor is living the life of a character from 100 years ago. How do they get to the set each day? Do they still carry a smartphone? How do they do their shopping? Looking more deeply at the Cumberbatch story, uh, Dunst has confirmed that they didn't speak on set because characters so despise each other, but she continued, quote, he's so sweet and he's so British, polite British, you know, I was like, I can't talk to you. We didn't talk at all during the filming unless we were out to dinner on the weekend all together or playing with our kids, unquote, so you work together. Uh, It seems... (laughs) It seems then they didn't speak on set because they and their families were becoming such good friends. They didn't want that to accidentally colour their performances. This has nothing to do with method acting. And thank you. Thank you, Mr. Eric Hetzler, man. Thank you so much for for just breathing a bit of life into this what I consider just bullshit i I really I didn't want to say it a at first, at first, but I kind of just see it as just like you don't have to go that hard my guy you you don't you really don't like maybe 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 okay maybe if you were like an FBI like fucking triple agent right you know what I mean just if you if you were just like undercover twenty four seven right I could see that I can see a you know a a a, a immersive uh, twenty four seven immersion being necessary, right? For your life, sure, right? You know what I mean. Just you're you're undercover. You can't be blown. So, you know, just in case, just in case you don't get blown, do twenty four seven, right? Just eat, sleep, and shit your character, right? Just, just, just keep doing that. Acting, on the other hand, you you you're doing it in takes, bro. You don't have to be like that. And I do like the i do like the uh the the, the sitting down and uh being being relaxed uh technique That's, that sounds that sounds feasible because you know when you have that and like you said and like as tessa said like you can have a you, you can do that on demand and i do i do find that fascinating i have asked a couple of actors that where you know do you have to like you know just like get loose like do you have to like do you have to do some breathing before you know you do take whatever or do you or is it was just like you're in no like? um so I hope you heard that. Cl- there you go. A click, a click for you. Um, so I've I've always been fascinated by that side of things, um, of the acting uh, world and how people do their techniques. But I've always, always found that method act, not even method act it's not method acting. It's I don't know what you want to call it. Let's call it let's call it immersion acting. Right? Let's, 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 re- let's reframe it because it's not method acting. It's it's immersion. Um, unnecessary immersion acting. <laughs> <laughs> it's uia <laughs> let's call it uia um yeah i i've always considered uia to just be so excessive it's just like you you don't like obviously for someone like matthew mcgonaghy doing Dallas bias club sure you gotta get skinny i think the story is like he's got cancer right so yeah sure i get it right if you if you need to physically like physical manipulation right for your, for, for for a role i get right but i don't consider that immersion uh, UIA. I don't consider that UIA. I consider that just ge- general preparation. Kumail Nanjiani got hench for the Eternals, right? It's not method acting. He just needed to get a hench. Like, that's it. He just needed to get a hench. So you know, that's I don't consider that anything. Um, if it, if it if it's a character, then go for it, right? Um, but on the on the attitude side, on the demeanor side, right? You know, I like did Andy Hopkins didn't need to like you know fucking actual eat people with father beans and a nice chianti right for fucking science of the lambs okay i think i feel like he did pretty fine um <laughs> of, of trying not to actually be hannibal hannibal fucking lector right so yeah uh if jared Leto gets hired to uh to be a serial killer what's he gonna do is he actually gonna method act and su- uh, sorry is he gonna uia and kill people right Like right, what are we doing here you know what i mean just get just you you just poke holes, you know, it's just, and I I just can't help but poke holes through that shit, like, it just, it just, it irritates me, like, there's dedication to craft, right, and I'm sure, you know, most actors, right, of worth their sort, uh, are very dedicated to their craft, right, but you don't have to be doing all that, research, different, different thing, research is completely different, completely different thing, right, but doing that immersion shit, speaking Italian for nine months, like, come on, bro, like, you don't don't need. To, doesn't need to be like that. You know? Imagine. Imagine like you call your mum up on the phone and you're speaking Italian. She's going like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Why are you speaking Italian?" <laughs> you know, I mean, it's fucking. Absurd. It's third. Uh, it's so absurd. And I'm glad. On um, this is honestly been such a. This has been a thing. You know those things that you kind of just you're always irked by, but not irked enough to actually look into it, right? I'm I'm glad I found this, because I've been so irritated by, like, the concept of UIA, and I'm just like, I'm just like, do they need to do that? Do they really need to, like, do that? Or is it just, like, fun for the, you know, for, for for the, for the, for the, for the, for the film reporters to just, like, say, oh, do you know what he did? He, he, he stuck cheese in his pocket. It's like, Okay. You know, what I mean, is it is it for the is it for the film Instagrams that can post fun facts about act, uh, what actors did during a scene or whatever? Oh, this scene was completely improvised. Or, or uh, you know, did you know Jared Leto? Uh, you know, sent uh, fucking cat cat feces to to his uh to his uh, crew members. Great, bro. Gr- great, cheers. Ye- ye. Just double tap that shit and move on. You know what I mean? So uh, fucking uia let's call it let's call it that from now on unnecessary immersive acting let's let's call it let's reword it from now on method acting does not well it does exist but not in the case people are thinking of it's called uia from hence here Four. And uh, finally, ladies and gentlemen, we finished with education. Had to do it. Had to do it to you. Found this article from another one of my favourite writers at the t- At this moment, uh, Ms. Amla Modine, uh, community fair correspondent for The Guardian. And uh, it's called, I have felt quite proud, the diverse curriculum inspiring school pupils. I hate to say it, I hate to say it guys, but I kind of told you so. I, I kind of fucking told you so. I've been telling you this for years now. If you provide a diverse curriculum, then the youths will be better off and we as a society will be better off. So let's jump right in, shall we? Let's see, let's see what I've been learning. When 12-year-old Rose learned about the Bristol bus boycott in a history class. Did you learn about the Bristol bus boycott in your history class? Did you? I didn't. I don't think you did either. Let's continue. Do you even know what it is? Do you know what it is? All right. Okay. Just say. She felt an immense sense of pride. She knew there was a civil rights movement in the US, but wasn't aware of the UK's own struggle for racial justice. Quote, I felt quite proud that there were big stands here as well, she says. Her schoolmate, uh, Rikia, I uh, uh, hope I said that right, uh, also 12, agrees and spoke of her frustration of initially struggling to find more information about the boycott online. They both love learning about it in class. Both students attend Stoke Newington School in the East London Borough of Hackney, uh, which is a, uh, which is leading a nationwide movement to reform their curriculum so it better reflects the achievements of black and minority ethnic people and addresses the legacy of colonialism. Oh, that's exactly what I feel like. It should be everywhere. should be everywhere. But here we are. Small steps, baby steps. We're going to get there. We'll get in there. The Diverse and Anti-Racist Curriculum, titled The Diverse Curriculum, the Black Contribution, uh, was uh, uh, was developed by teachers and local council staff just over a year ago and provides students with nine new six-week lessons on subjects including the Windrush generation, diversity in science, and activism. Uh, the free resource has proven successful, with more than 2,000 schools already uh, across the country signing up. Orlane uh, Badu, or Badu from Hackney Education, <coughs> uh, who led the development of the project, says, uh, said there is a misconception that decolonizing school curriculums means taking subjects out or not sticking to the national curriculum. The cr- program from Hackney shows schools how to better utilize the curriculum to ensure what they teach is more reflective of the positive contributions of different communities. Quote, Children for such a long time in this country have only learned about enslavement and not about the black contribution. There is a positive contribution and it's really important that everyone knows because it's part of our national story, Bardu said. I've had a lot of people in my class uh, saying in my class that they really like history. I think it's underrated. It seems like a boring subject, but actually if you're learning about fun stuff like that, it's really cool, Rose said and I fucking agree. Do you understand how much I hated history? I like, as a class, garbage, absolute hot flaming garbage, fuego garbage. Okay, horrible. There was a, there was a project I ducked for six weeks because I just I just I just hated it. I just I just, I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, I I just I just couldn't I couldn't be asked with it. I I just couldn't be asked to do a big ass project of of another thing that I've already broached on before, time and time again. Tudors, World War Two, like uh, World War Two, more World War Two, World War One maybe, but a lot of more World War Two. Like, it's just, it's, come on, guys, history sucks. I like, so much like and and I say this now. I say this by saying now I enjoy just you know learning about history, right. Clearly, right? I'm, I'm, I learn a lot about history on this show itself. I learn a lot, right? I hope you guys do too. Um, but fuck, it is so devastating thinking uh, every time I learn something new about black British history, especially, and I'm just like, another, yet another thing I was not taught in school, like it's piling up now, it's piling up where. Them, I I've learned you 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 probably pound for pound learn more outside of school than you actually do in school these days. I I genuinely think that. I genuinely think that. I believe that whole whole wholesale. Um, and that's no fault with the teachers, right? It's no fault with the teachers, right? I I I appreciate my teachers. I appreciate my educators, right? Espe- uh, you know, especially the ones that you know taught teaching me stuff, right? Um, but. The curriculum just needs to refresh, like overall, not just history, but in a lot of ways. Like, it's, it's like, come on, bro, of mice and men, of mice and men. We're reading a book by a dude born in the fucking eighteen hundreds. Is that what we're doing? It, it, really? No other books in the world. No other. None. No. No. No books in the world. It doesn't make sense to me, guys. It really doesn't. Like, it, it, just reading of mice and men in English class. Like, why? Why? It, it just doesn't. It, there's 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 plenty of other texts. There there are better texts than of mice and men. I'm sorry. Objectively, there are better books than of mice and men. Anyway, let me get off my soapbox. Let's continue. Uh, Antoinette uh, Bramble, councillor, deputy mayor of Hackney, and cabinet member for education. Of course, she got a lot of, na- a lot of uh, jobs. Uh, young people, uh, young people and children's social care said it was important. Uh, that the diverse curriculum was embedded across subjects and that they didn't uh, confine learning about uh, black history to a single month. Quote, so you're uh, constantly evolving, challenging, but ultimately empowering young minds to think about how they reshape their future and the world they they go out into, Bramble said. The groundswell of support for the curriculum across the country shows a desperate need for for a resource such as this, Bramble said. She is keen to work closely with the national government to implement it it on a national scale. The political will, however, is not currently there. government's still report on race and ethnic disparities in the UK pointed to negative demands to decolonise the curriculum, warning against banning white authors and token expressions of black achievement. Uh, this curriculum is empowering for children that are white, black, and of all diverse backgrounds because it's a part of British history. You fucking tell them, uh, uh, Miss Bramble. Uh, it's telling uh, some of those untold stories that weren't told. It's not to replace history. It's not to eradicate history. It's to add to it. Come on, Miss Bramble. Get on them. Get on. Keep the foot on their necks. It builds tolerance, it builds understanding, it builds cohesion, and it gives all children a new sense of identity of where we've come, but more importantly, where we are going. Fucking facts! Oh, I want to scream so much, like, that. <laughs> Facts! Facts! Oh, big facts, man. Big fucking facts. Uh, the students appear to agree. Ha! <laughs> Why does it matter, then? If the students like it, if the teachers rate it, what's the difference? What's the point? What's the beef? What is the beef? Anyway. Uh, quote, if you get, caught, if you get taught uh, things from a young age, they just kind of stick with you, Rikia said. And if you teach the younger generation, they'll <laughs> they'll keep what you've taught them and they'll go on to bring change. Oh God, even the kids know. Even the fucking 12-year-olds get it. Even a 12-year-old fucking understands what good education, what diverse curriculum would do and benefit for a greater society. I can't believe it. I actually can't fathom it. I'm simply in disbelief. A 12-year-old understands better than some of this. Oh, wow, i un- Wow. Unbelievable. Shout out to Rikia. A I- fucking legend. Uh, both students say it's nice to see where movies and ideas, particularly ones they don't agree with, originate from. They believe it's vital to hold on to these un- untold stories as they grow up. Quote, it's kind of like a string that you connect so that the history doesn't just evaporate out of existence, Rikia said. Oh! I want to give Rakia of highest of fives, man. Oh my gosh, fucking yes. Oh gosh, that is outstanding. That is exactly what I'm thinking about. Exactly what I've been preaching about for years now. Oh, absolute. I've that that was a top five fulfilling read. Like that was so that fulfilled me so much, and that has just made my day. Like i I've had a decent day. I've had a real decent day, okay, I've, I've had a solid day, I'll watch the sun physically set today, I don't think I've ever done that in my life, um, I remember there was, as a minor tangent, I remember there was like this thing that, I think it was like the UK National Trust or something, like, you know, some, something like that, um, that basically had a a, a list of things to do, um, uh, uh, when, you're, when, when you're young, right, and one of them was watch the sunrise and watch the sunset, um... I've watched I've watched the sunrise before. I've I've had many a night out, um, and it's like it ends up being six a.m. and I just I just there was one time where I just stood there. I just stood there and watched the sun come up. I I, I sat in the local park and I just sat there for like half an hour, like six a.m. just watching the sun go up. Uh, and I watched the sunset today, like fully physically watched the whole circle just go into go into the horizon. And uh, mate, this might this this cycle right here, right here, this shit right here might have topped it it might have topped it that was just so fulfilling um everyone just talking absolute sense uh and the fact that kids understand what a, what the benefits of a diverse curriculum just blows my fucking mind and i can't wait i can't wait for this to be implemented on a national level hey man if it's already been na- implemented now 2000 schools 2000 schools 2000 schools have already signed up to this 2000 schools have already signed up to this and no- nothing about the government just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep encouraging schools to do so. And fuck the government. Fuck it. If they don't care. If they don't want to put effort into it. If they want to produce bullshit reports about race and equality, which you know, uh, which which I talked about on a particular episode. I think it was digital I think it's digital called "Race and uh Report." Go look at the episode if you want to hear me talk about that. But you know, if the government want to go ahead and wash hands and uh, go, Ooh, no, 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 can't do that. Ooh, no, no, erase white history. Like, oh, it's a it's a If you, if you don't, want, if they don't want to do it, go do it yourself. Because there clearly are two thousand schools. You're telling me that you can't get more schools on that. Get more schools on that. Just keep going. Just keep going, and they can do it on their on their own personal time. Go do it. The benefits are so, so large for society. So imagine all the with all the issues going on now. Just think about how many of them, how many of those issues would be completely a non-factor if people in my generation if people in my sister's generation so 10 years above and up and uh, you know 30 40s right and maybe my mother's generation right just imagine if my mother's generation got the right got the right teaching oh my gosh we'd be in utopia right now i i don't, I don't know if you guys have seen that meme online like i see on twitter but i'm sure you see it everywhere else uh where it's like um the, the world, if uh, this didn't happen, or, or if this happened, and it's just like you know, everything's silver and like flying cars and shit, you know, just classic utopia picture, mate. If Pete, uh, this is my simple, this is my simple advice to just a lot of remedies in what is happening in our society right now in the UK, in the US, and a lot of other places. Okay, if you teach a diverse curriculum, right, dedicated to the entire history of your country of wherever you're at. And encapsulating many other people apart from the dominant caste or the dominant race, right, or the dominant uh, whatever, right, dominant whatever. Uh, if you if you if you produce a diverse curriculum and let the kids decide for themselves what is right and wrong, because it's it's going to be fairly fairly obvious which is which parts are right and wrong. If a twelve-year-old can understand the overall societal benefits of diverse education. Then I'm sure if they are taught about slavery, not not just about slavery, not just about that. If they talk about something something positive like the Notting Hill Carnival and how and how that has become a real positive beacon for the for, for London as a city, for uh, for for African Car- for Afro Caribbeans of the UK and of the the fact that this is the, the largest European street party. Okay, all the benefits of that. If they learn about that at the tender ages. Oh my gosh, the amount of benefits, the amount of, just think, just think about the benefits. I I love it. This has been such a, this has been such a fulfilling episode. And I I hate to leave it like that. I really want to continue on just gassing up, but, uh, ah, that, that, honestly, improvement in education gives me hope for life. There's not many things that give me hope for life, right? I'm, 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 I'm semi-pessimistic about most things, Right? Uh, sometimes I'm low-key just anarchy, an anarchist. I just want to see. Sometimes I just want to see the government burn to the cr- burn to the ground. Um, I'm loving what I see now. I'm watching uh the conservatives just like you know trip over trip over themselves, trying to you know save Boris Johnson's fucking ass. Like it's funny to me. I find it humorous. I find I find some shit going on. Uh, in the U.S., hilarious. I find it. I find the U.S. as a whole to be like the greatest reality TV that's ever reality TV'd. Uh, if you, if you just, yeah, if you, if you just look at, uh, someone showed me uh, an American friend literally sent me as I was recording today a video of this. I think he was like a doctor dude or just a medical student or something, and he was in a town hall. He had two minutes, and he just rapped about getting the vaccine. You can't. You that's not. You can't do that anywhere else. That's America to a fucking T. And I love it. It's just p- peak reality TV. There's no reality TV on actual television that that fulfills me more than watching America as a democracy burn to a crisp. And it's the same with the UK sometimes. Where I'm just like i just like, you know what? You lot just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep doing it. C- keep, keep doing it. See what happens. Um, but while I'm like that most of the time, you know, I like to find optimism somewhere. And I feel like this... This story right here is so fulfilling to me and really gives me hope. If the kids really learn about this stuff, about the stuff I've been learning as a 25 year old and they learn that shit at 10 <sighs> wow they're just going to be so I mean if maybe capitalism will still exist right with them but at least societally they'll understand just logical shit and we won't have to keep explaining the simplest shit over and over and over again I can't wait for that day but until then I'll end it there ladies and gentlemen from the 5th in Podcast Network I've been Charlie Taylor and this has been what's good the intro music has been Too Much by Vanilla you can find his link in the full show notes thanks to Chill Records for being to use the link you can also find their link in the full show notes and thanks to Nappy Hire Triple Crown Winner Nappy Hire for the ability to use Charismatic for the interlude you can also find his link in the full show notes and with that said Hope you all have a good week. I shall always try and do the same. Until the next time. Take it easy. Ladies and gentlemen.